Welcome to the podcast. I'm Fernie, a professional psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and I'm here to help you cut through the human bullshit so you can get the most out of your life. Um, This episode is all about making sense of the spiritual and human lessons of 2020. So I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that has had the unique experience of learning uh, a lot of new things about themselves uh, last year. So I'm totally open to uh, conversation and I'm actually uh, live on Instagram right now. So what what did you guys learn about yourself uh, in 2020? What did what uh, sense that you make out of your lives uh, aside from all the political drama? Because I don't really want to talk about politics. I want to talk about just ourselves, like individually, like what we all learned um, specifically, what we personally gained through our ex- like unique or direct experience. Um, for myself, I can say. Uh, Last year was a huge wake-up call for me in ways that I did not see coming, but I appreciated nonetheless. Um, Because I think last year, I started off the year with my usual like approach to life and especially my usual approach to my business doing readings for people you know how I promoted or presented myself to the world etc and as the year progressed and things started to spiral completely out of control for the majority of the population uh, it was obvious to me that the norm that I was used to, I guess, living by wasn't going to be the norm anymore, right? I think most of us figured that out. Um, it, I think it was, it, it started with the epidemic. It started with COVID because once COVID started up, then we lost our norms, right? We lost most of what we were used to on a regular daily basis. Um, and granted, I had already moved to Santa Fe. I'd already kind of detached myself from like big city life. So I'd already slowed things down, right? And I wasn't really going into major areas of population on a regular basis. I was only going into town maybe two or three times um, a month. So I really wasn't going in and interacting with people as often. Um but there was nothing to keep me from going into town, right? If I wanted to go get a burger, I could go get a burger. If I wanted to go watch a movie with my partner, we could go in and watch a movie, right? We could go do stuff. Um, and then, of course, the epidemic started and everything just did not... Um, all of our little luxuries, and I call them little luxuries because you don't really appreciate those things until they're actually gone. Uh, but they were the little luxuries. And I think that was the first part. And for the most part, even though I lost those little things and we had to learn how to live in a new way, we had to be cautious about, uh, you know, six feet apart. We had to kind of detach ourselves from people. And I was still going shopping, even like when we were hearing about COVID coming in and starting to hit California, hit New York, um, some places near uh, the coast, Florida. I was still going to stores. I was still going grocery shopping for myself. Um, I think we, around that time we had 
gone up to Colorado because I went up to some of the dispensaries up there and it was still not like we, we were still able to go into places and not feel like, Oh my God, like it's like, that's it. It's done. Um, but then of course, like after we got back from our trip, we, realize okay this is really serious and so we started making all the changes and all the uh taking all the precautions and after that that was it like i have not set foot in a public space since february i want to say maybe february so i didn't set foot in a public space um since then except once i think was it once yeah once and it was to go to the doctor just to go get some medicate get my medication refilled and I did like a 15 day, um, what is it? When you lock yourself up in your room, because <laughs> like I, I was living in like the other half of the house. Um, so my partner, he was like not taking chances. And I was like, I get it. I totally understand. And he has uh, these, he has some respiratory challenges. So for me, it was an easy decision. Like, I'm not going to put you at risk and I'm not going to even take the chance that if I get sick, then you get sick. You'll probably get hit harder than I will. So I'm not really going to take the risk. So I just decided that I was going to self-quarantine. That's what it was called. I was trying to think of it. Self-quarantine for 15 days. And I did. I spent like half, uh, I've spent 15 days in my office. I turned like, cause in my office we have uh, a futon. Like I have a really nice futon that's for guests and people when they come over. Um, and I have everything I need here. I have my own private bathroom and I decided, okay, well I'll just stay in my office for the 15 days. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and it was funny cause we were kind of like, old. Bitties. I remember, you know, sometimes in the old hoods, I don't know f- for y'all, but in my old hood, like, you know, the old ladies, they used to like go up to the fence and talk to the neighbors or they'd open the window and they talk to like, the, hey, you know, hola, hola, vecina, vecina, it's, which is Spanish for neighbor, que estas haciendo, you know, and they're all just talking and stuff. Uh, so it felt like it, it, we felt like we were neighbors because um, Ed, what he would do, would he would go outside in the afternoons to water the plants and I'd have my window open. And around that time, I'd be finishing up with work, right? I'd be done with my client appointments for the day and I would s- sit right there. I'd like move the, uh, what is it, the little footrest i'd move it over to the window and i'd sit there and i'd just sit there and just talk to him while he's watering the plants and i'm like hey and it was safe right because he was like out like quite a ways away with a water hose i'm like hey girl what's going on like what's what's new what's happening it almost felt like we hadn't seen each other in such a long time um and that was cool that was cute so but that's what we did like every day um just to catch up on like all the days events and drama or whatever we would hear about you know gossiping um and that was that was cool so that was easy it really it really wasn't hard for me because i would already i was already isolated and i didn't feel like i was missing anything drastic um we were still walking on our trails uh i think that walking on the trails has been a lifesaver for me because it, it was a real game changer for my mental health and my well my sense of well-being my physical health like it's just it's very healthy for you to walk in the trails here and what people don't realize is like it's really a energetic shift for you as well because 
when I'm walking in the trails and we're like surrounded by nature, like really, really are like outskirts. Uh, we're not really in the inner city area. Um, there's coyotes. We, we see coyotes crossing the trails all the time. We see bobcats. We've seen tarantulas. I took a picture of one. I posted it on, on Instagram. So we see all kinds of wildlife here, um, snakes, etc. And in the beginning it was scary. Now I'm, I'm fine. It's not a big deal, but walking the trails has been a lifesaver. And, it has really helped me to chill like on a busy day, whenever I'm trying to come down from all the readings. Um, it has helped me to kind of get back into my own energy because when you spend all day focused on other people's energy and on exchanges of energy and on mediumship and connecting with spirit, you lose, you kind of, you can lose yourself in that because it becomes you, right? You kind of get in that, state of releasing yourself or letting go and giving yourself over surrendering yourself over to the process and that's what I do every day that's what I still do every single day so going walking on the trails for me is a very grounding experience but even when COVID happened in the beginning we were still walking on the trails and then after um, it started to get really serious and we didn't know how contagious it was going to be and if you would be able to um, be close in contact with people. There was still a lot that they were trying to figure out. Uh, at that point, we made the decision to stop walking every day. And that was rough. That was hard because we, even though we have a treadmill, I don't like using the treadmill. Like there's, there's a massive difference for me walking on the trails versus getting on the treadmill, getting on the treadmill. I can watch maybe like a show on my pad or something, which is fine. It'll make the time go by fast, but it doesn't feel the same and it doesn't feel as grounding. And you don't feel connected with like nature, connected with like the universe. And for me, walking in the trails and nature, that's what that is. It's walking and connecting with nature. Um, and I was starting to really miss that. And that was really affecting me. So that was that was a little tough for me. Uh, and we did that for a good two months. We just didn't walk on the trails. Um, and then we once we understood it a little more and we started to grasp how the virus moved around and how people got it. Then we decided, okay, we can start walking again. And now we walk every day. Like it's, I only, there are, the days that I don't walk are usually if I'm going to work and it's a full day um, and I don't have the time to walk. And I'm like, okay, well then I just won't walk today, but I still try to walk every single day. So it's been very helpful for me. But I think that's one of the things that I learned in 2020 is how much like walking in nature, taking a moment, even though you know you're walking and you're pushing yourself physically, um, it it's almost like breathing in that fresh air. Um, and even with the mask on, it's still fresh air. It's not like it's the same air that's in your house. You know, it's not like the butt air that's in your house from all the you know the stinky people. It's like real air from like the breeze and the sun and stuff. So it has a real effect on your energy. And I, I think I realized now that no matter where I live, I'm going to have to live near some place where I can walk on a trail and I can have an experience of nature and I can like have a view and I can connect with the sky and I can connect with the sounds of nature, etc. So for me, I think that's super important. And that's something that I definitely learned in 2020. Um, the second thing that I really grasped in 2020 is giving myself permission to be human, right? Because before 2020, I tried 
very much so to be as professional as possible, to be as diplomatic as possible, to never ruffle feathers from a, from a business standpoint or from like a person that's like out there or putting themselves out there. Um, I wouldn't ruffle feathers. I would try to like stay very neutral, try to, um, in my mind, I don't know if people had that experience of me, but from my perspective, I felt that I would really try to keep from rocking the boat just because I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable and I didn't want to create any energy in the world that would cause anyone to feel uncomfortable or riled up or just you know like shaky or or irritated I didn't want to irritate anyone Um, and part of that I could say is probably just the training all those years of working at Starbucks, being a store manager, um, serving coffee, having to deal with customer service, et cetera. I think a lot of that had to do with it. And then of course, growing up and being a people pleaser, but I had already really worked on not always needing to please people or make everybody happy. But 2020 was the year where I nipped that issue in the butt. I will tell you that from like, I mean, that's plainly obvious to me now. Um, I nipped that, that puppy in the butt uh, 2020. So I gave myself permission to be human last year and I was definitely human. And I think with everything that was happening, the first we had COVID and people not, you know, believing that it was real, people not realizing how many people were actually going to die from that. All of that, that was already rallying me up and pushing me to my limit of accepting behavior or accepting people in their perspectives and making space for that. Cause I always try to make room in my life for different perspectives, for different mindsets. Um, so that was already pushing me past my boundary. And then as soon as the political craziness started and then we had all the protesting started, that was it. Like, I think at that point it was plainly obvious to me that I did not have the luxury of remaining neutral. I did not have the luxury of just looking past the challenges and the issues that affect all of us, that affect people in general, but all of us, and especially people like myself who are in a minority group. And that forced me to understand that being neutral isn't always the best place to approach life. Refusing to acknowledge something or refusing to deal with something or refusing to get engaged with something because it either feels negative or because people are going to have a reaction to you or because of this or because of that, it it was not the best approach. Um, and I remember a friend of mine, Sandra Logan, she always told me, she says, you know, don't talk about politics. Don't tell people about your personal life. <laughs> Try to stay professional. Always remain kind of, you know, um, mysterious. Don't let anybody in, and and that way you can protect yourself, or that way you can your career can go on for a long time. Because she's been in the business for a long time. Um, it's great advice, and for most people, I mean, that's really good sound advice. But that wasn't good advice for me because that isn't who I am, and. I realized that last year and I think it's important for me to express who I am. It's important for me to show people who I really am, not just 
from my words, but through my actions as well. And last year I had to put my money where my mouth was like constantly had to put myself out there and like, okay, dig your feet in. This is who you say you are. You better prove it in everything you do, because if you don't, these people are going to call you out and they're going to come for you. And that's exactly what people did. Even they came for me, even for standing true to who I was and who I said I was. So they still came for me, but I knew who I was and I could defend myself and stand for myself knowing that and knowing myself and knowing where everything that I believe, everything that I believe and what I know is coming from the the core root of it, where it's coming from. I know where it's coming from because I've spent years building that up and nurturing that portion of myself and understanding and refining that core version of myself. So that was something that I definitely learned about myself last year was if you say you are someone and you are putting yourself out there in in a public way, you better stand true to that and every single opportunity you get. And for me, it was important to speak out and to express publicly and in instances to call people out and to engage directly with people and call them out on their bullshit, exposing myself um, and putting that out there in that way. It was important for me to do that. And I'm glad I did because if I had not done that, I think I would be so disappointed with myself right now. And I think I would not be able to think of myself with integrity, right? And I think that it's super easy to be this person who calls himself a spiritual teacher or someone who approaches things with love, or I come from a place of love and light, right? That's the whole like, you know, uh, metaphysical community, love and light, everything, like everything is love and light, everything is love and light. And I'm like, no, bitches, it ain't all love and light. Like life is life. Like life is real. We can bring love and light into this world. We can definitely expand and express and build on that, but we cannot act like this world exists from a place of perfection because it was never designed to be this. It was never designed to be that. It was designed to be a human experience. And last year was the perfect opportunity for us to understand ourselves from a human perspective standpoint and also from a spiritual standpoint. And that's something that I saw happening over and over again last year, especially with a lot of people who I am connected with or who I have friendships with over the years, um, who come from a spiritual mindset, people who call themselves spiritual teachers, people who call themselves, um, light workers, they broke. I mean, not just like, oops, I made a mistake. Like they freaking shattered over and over and over again. And I was like, what the hell is going on, y'all? Like all these spiritual people who have been doing this for years, who have way more years of doing this than I have, like they cracked easily under pressure and intense stress and strain. And I think that was so important for me to see because it is so 
easy for us to claim this and claim that, to quote the Bible, to quote a spiritual passage from some book of wisdom, but to actually exemplify it, to live it, to produce it under an extreme pressure, you don't get a diamond unless you get that extreme pressure. And last year was one of those years. And so a lot of people who before last year rode that smooth sailing, you know, that calm sea, they rode it with their sails like, you know, I got this and I'm the spiritual light worker and I can do all this. But the minute that they got into rough seas, their shit sank faster than the Titanic. And I am so glad that I didn't sink. (laughs) I may have gotten dinged. I may have, um, you know, you know, I may have, uh, scratched my door up a little bit, but I'm still, I'm still going. I'm right. I'm still going. And I'm proud of that for myself. And I'm proud of the people who I know who are able to do the same thing. And I know a lot of people who were able to do the same thing, to hold on to their core self. And that's how you know the difference between like an authentic spiritual person or a person who lives the word versus a person who just says it and produces gifs and memes for it or produces it for clicks. Like the person who does that, the minute that they're in a situation where there's so much pressure that they pretty much have to prove and exemplify where they're coming from or what they're teaching or what they're saying, um, the moment that they have to deal with reality, they either sink or swim. And if they can't swim, then they're frauds. They're, they're living in a false self and they actually have not spent the time integrating the information and integrating spiritual knowledge and wisdom is so important because when shit gets rough, when things do not go the way that you want them to or expect them to, it will keep you going. It will keep you afloat. It will, it's true faith. This is like true faith. There's a difference between real faith, authentic, genuine faith, and faith that is based in circumstance, faith that is based in um, the ease of language and saying this because it gets you whatever you want from a manipulative standpoint. And we see it over and over and over again. This is my issue. This is, and this is, there's a perfect example of this. And some of you may not like this because I know some of you will probably like um, Joe Osteen, but Joe Joe Osteen, in my opinion, is a perfect example of this because even though he is very aware and if you actually followed like the teachings of like like Jerry and Esther Hicks and Law of Attraction and The Secret and uh, LOA stuff, if you follow that, you will notice that shortly after it became mainstream and then Joel seems started suddenly started to spring up and become this well-known um, preacher, everything that he was saying, the, the exact words he was using were straight up out of the Jerry Nestor Hick material straight out of the secret straight. I mean, literally it's like I, and, and I was like, this fool is like in his office, opening up these spiritual books that are taboo and taking this and using it to teach his congregation and not even giving these people credit, which is fine. He can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's like, "Mm, I hope you spent enough time like integrating this because you can't just 
spit that it's out there and not understand it from like a, a process uh, perspective. Like you really need to know your stuff. And so I've seen it with him where in several instances when he could have risen to the occasion or he could have proved who he was to the world, or he could have exemplified the words coming out of his mouth. He instead floundered and failed. And that was kind of sad to watch. And that happened with the hurricane when the hurricane happened and he didn't want to let them use um, the facility for people who were, whose houses had been flooded until he was put in, put under enough pressure. And then, you know, they were, they, they said, fine, let everybody come here. And then all of a sudden they did like a 180. Um, that was the first time. And then the second time, of course, was this past year. Um, I think there was another instance where something was going on as well. So there was, I've seen two, at least two events. And I was like, mm, you're not who you say you are. So that's why now, that doesn't mean that he isn't a good teacher and that he can't help people to evolve or to grow or to build themselves up. But at the end of the day, it comes down to authenticity, right? Authenticity. And if you're authentically a loving, a loving, a loving, no, it is a loving because it's Texas, right? A loving, compassionate, considerate, aware human being, you don't have to think about being one. and acknowledging the connection and the significance of the fact that you're source, just like I'm source, we're all source, we're our God in disguise. And if you can put your own personal bullshit to the side, you can come from a place of love and you can honor source in form and you can exemplify the word. And that's not what I saw. And so notice that and pay attention to that. So that was another thing that I definitely recognized last year that was very significantly obvious to me last year um, as well, not just with him, but with other people as well. And I had people who I've known for a few years who were spiritual teachers or wrote books or whatever, and they broke, they cracked, and they, I mean, some of them were trying to kill, commit suicide. So I was like, wow, like really like it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't there to begin with you've been kind of like you know perpetuating this perspective or reflection of yourself projection of yourself you've been supporting this or, or perpetuating that and then that's it right and then the moment you're under an extreme press pressure bam that's it it's over right it's over Oh gosh, but it's, you know, it's important. It's important for we, for we to see that, right? Because it is a lesson in humility. It is a lesson in understanding who we are and who we can be for ourselves and for others as well. I know in my life that there have been many a people who I've looked up to or who I've seen with this, like high I've held in high esteem and then they like flop and fail or they severely disappoint me. And I think that's something that I really don't want to do is to build myself up to this thing that is not authentic to who I am at the core. Um, and I think this year, 2020 has given me the opportunity to like deliver the most authentic version of myself possible. And if it costs me people to not like me or to hate me or to say this or to say that, um, so be it. It's fine. Um, but 
at the end of the day, I have to look myself in the mirror. At the end of the day, I have to be in my own body. At the end of the day, I have to be accountable to myself because ultimately I'm accountable to myself, just like we're all accountable to ourselves. And I think that's another lesson is accountability to ourselves in everything. Um, granted, you know, we've got all kinds of stuff going on and people need to be held accountable. But when it comes to accountability that I'm talking about, I'm talking about self accountability and how we need to look at ourselves at how we are contributing to this world, what we're doing in this world, what we're putting out there into this world. And I think last year was one of the biggest years for me to self-examine over and over and over again. And that's another thing that I learned last year is that people who really do care about becoming the best version of themselves, care about each other, care about bringing the most into this world and exemplifying the best version of source or God that you can into this world. Um, it starts with accountability and looking at yourself and people who are wanting to be the best look at themselves first before they look at everybody else, because that's the trend, right? If you're in a victim, if you're in a victim mindset you will immediately look at everybody else. So if something goes wrong, something goes bad, or something didn't work out for you, you will point. You will look at everybody else, and then you'll start pointing fingers. And you'll start pointing fingers because you essentially do not want to fix your shit. You do not want to look at yourself and say, crap, I messed up. God damn, I really fucked the shit up. Like, you don't want to look at yourself. And unfortunately the people who are the most authentic in their core, who authentically care to put out the best version of themselves and to put out positivity and to just bring goodness into this world. That's actually the first thing they do. In fact, they tend to do that way more than they need to. And that's something that I did over and over last year. I looked at myself, okay, did I say that? the way I knew was I nice when I said that was I being cruel was I being hateful was I being spiteful was I being a nasty person when I did that and I looked at myself and there were instances where I was and I was like you know what mm, I think I could have dealt with that differently I think I should have dealt with that different I think I should have done this instead maybe I should have done it. and people who are coming from a place of love and not a place of lack from a place of, of, of connection with source, not a, from a place of fear or detachment. And in the, uh, the void, they don't look at themselves. They don't even question whether they did anything wrong. They, they refuse to question whether they did anything wrong. They refuse to look at themselves in any way, shape or form. And they don't apologize because they are not willing to compromise the reality that they've bought into or created for themselves that supports what they put out into this world. I don't have the luxury of doing that because I am here to serve a purpose that I believe is meant for me to serve. And in order for me to serve that, which is to come from a place of love, to come from a place of healing for people, to come from a place of speaking truth, I have to look at myself first. I have to hold myself accountable first. I can't tell somebody something about themselves or look someone in the eye and say, you've got issues, you've got problems and not acknowledge that maybe I got the same issue myself, or maybe I've really messed something up. So I think I, I did that over and over and over again last year. And it was something that I think was important for me because it helped me to understand that there's a big difference between being 
a authentic, genuine person putting out the best version of yourself and maintaining a healthy level of accountability. And I apologized and tried to make amends whenever I could last year. I even did it like live. I think I had a little spat with Michelle on one of our um, podcasts. And I think I said something to her that was probably, it wasn't, it was just rude. I didn't realize it at the time, but I think it came across rude. And I apologized to her on the air like, hey, I'm just now hearing what I just said to you. And I'm sorry if that came across rude or whatnot. And I did because I wanted to make sure that This wasn't going to be a situation where she was just going to be completely not considered, right? She wasn't going to be, her feelings were not going to be considered. She wouldn't be acknowledged because if I did something that caused pain, I want to like be accountable to that. And I did, I I apologize and everything. And we worked it out. You know, it's like girlfriends, girlfriends, like always have their little spats. Same thing with my sister. My sister and I had a few of those as well, went back and forth, but we worked through it. Um, And I think that's important. And I think it's another lesson that I learned about myself last year is accountability is important to maintain integrity and to maintain a level of authenticity that is sustainable. And sustainable authenticity is definitely important because the moment you start lying and creating a false self and putting this false self out there, then what tends to happen is that at some point people will see it. It may not be right away. You might be able to get away with a whole lot, but at some point people are going to see it and people are going to be hurt by it just by, by the version of you that they've, they've followed along with or that they've um, gone along with. They, it will, it will, cause more pain than, than maybe realized in the moment. So just a really interesting, um, another lesson of, uh, significance that I don't think should ever be downplayed in any way. So I think some of you got some questions here. I'm going to scroll through here before I, uh, in the podcast because I want to see that y'all have some interesting questions. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of, a lot of questions here. <laughs> Let's see here. <laughs> Steven's like, Hey, for any love the behind the scenes, like, thank you. Yeah. I like, I just got back from the jog, uh, the walk and I took a shower and then I had to like shave. I had to like do all my shaving stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm like going to get my robe. I'm going to go to my room. I ain't doing like this whole setup today. I'm just going to sit my butt down, record. Um, and right before I started recording the podcast, um, because this is the first one of, of, season three, I took like a two year, two year, two year, imagine two year. I took a two month hiatus from recording the podcast um, because I needed to just reconnect with myself after this past year. And so I kind of like have been in like a, the download chill mode um, in this way. And that's another thing that I actually learned. And thank you for bringing that up, Stephen, is making things easy to be sustainable. And I think before last year, I was very much in alignment with like the hustle mentality. Like you got to bust your ass, you got to hustle. And you do like, if you want to do something in this world or you want to create something in this world, you do have to work your ass off to, to get somewhere with it. Um, and it takes consistent work, consistent application. Like I would not have the level of skill and ability with my senses that I have right now. Had I not spent the last seven, eight, nine years, like 
practicing and intentionally trying to develop myself. I think that's been the reason why I've gotten to this point. People who like want to do this professionally or like, I want to like, you know, do a meditation and then all of a sudden my ability is going to switch on and I'm going to be able to see the future and be just like Fernie. I'm like, you're full of shit. If you think that you're going to skip the line because you need to pay your dues, like you have to pay your dues. You can't just like automatically think that you can do a special meditation or you can go and like, you know, drink a herb or whatever. And suddenly you're going to be an amazing psychic and a medium. No, you really have to work at it. And you, and there's a lot to learn that you have to, you have to work through. So but uh, making things sustainable. And last year I had a lot going on. I had my articles, I had the podcast, I had the lives, I had the study group. I had a, a lot. And then that was on top of my client, um, my appointments, and then also my, um, the e-readings as well. So all of that stuff. And then on top of that, you've got like life stuff, right? I've got responsibilities to deal with. Um, so with all of that, I realized that I don't need to overdo it. Um, and I need to create a sustainable process for myself so that way I can keep doing it because I love doing the podcast. I love doing articles. I love doing quotes. I love doing, or now dear Fernie, cause I was doing a newsletter as well. I love doing the lives. I love doing the study group, but if I'm trying to force myself to stay so consistent that there's no room for like, there's no wiggle room. It's not going to be sustainable for me. And if I feel like I'm on like always on a deadline, always on a deadline, then that's a problem because at that point it's not flowing for me and it feels too restrictive. And I don't feel like, like I can breathe. So it has to be something that has to be sustainable for me. Um, so like me trying to pump out like, you know, a quote every two days and this and that, it's just now, now, now. So now it's like, I think I've got more of a rhythm and more of a flow with what I'm going to be doing for the rest of this year and the expectations that I have for myself, which are more realistic. Um, so I think there's a lot there that I've been able to achieve, especially in the last few months that I've kind of been uh, de- de- decompressing and kind of reconnecting with myself. And that's a bit important is if you want to succeed at something and do it for a long time and do it well, make it sustainable. Because if you're not sustainable, you're going to burn, you're going to crash and burn and you're going to like totally break down and then you'll be like Wendy Williams, you know, there was like an episode, I think, um, cause my friend Kendall, he sent it to me right after and she had gone on camera and it was her show. She was like messed up. <laughs> she was like, either she was high or she was on something, but she was like, she was like, I was like, girl, what did you just take before you got out here? And so it was funny. You you got to go back and look before it. I don't know what the clip would be called, but it was hysterical. I was like, oh, girl. And she's still fine. She's fine. She can, you know, but I'm sure she needed it. She's had a, she had a tough year as well, which is funny because I've never really seen her show, but I like her, which is the, which is the funny thing. So <laughs> I've made no sense of 2020 give gap. <laughs> oh, you'll make it. You'll make it. Trust me. Just, but you got to give yourself breathing room. Give like, make that space, give yourself some space to kind of go back and assess some of the like hardest or more challenge, more challenging periods that you went through. And I mean, we're still going through challenges. COVID is not gone away. It's still here. Um, we definitely seem to be getting a better handle of it, but you know, people, a lot of people lost their lives last year. Um, I think I have the last time I was counting, I, I have seven people 
who have passed away from COVID that are connected to the family. So it's like, and I'm hearing stories, like I have been talking to so many clients now where they lost both their parents. Like that's been like a theme now. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's just to have to go through that. That's a lot. That really is a lot. And I mean, if you've had that experience, if you've had the experience, you don't need to, you don't need to come back from that right away. Like you need to like deal with the reality that that's a really tough experience to go through. Give yourself a chance to be human. And if people are going to like expect you like, okay, well, I know that you just, you know, lost your, your family or whatever, but I need you to like get back to work or whatever. Like go fuck yourselves. Like, no, to hell with that. Like give yourself a chance to recover and to grieve and to work through that because it's not going to be something you're going to be easily able to get through. And for people to even normalize the idea that you can bounce back because of expectations from corporate America or whatever. No, to hell with that. That's bullshit. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, guys, for those of y'all who are just watching or just tuning into, uh, um, Fernie unfiltered, there's a reason why it's called Fernie unfiltered because I tend to curse a lot more when I'm doing my podcast, just because it is literally me unfiltered. I'm not filtering what I'm saying. I'm just putting it out there the way that it feels like it needs to come out. So just so you know, so for those of you who are like, oh my God, you're a foul mouth. That's okay. You're a foul mind. You're a foul mind. <laughs> that I am a warrior and I can do anything by myself independent. Yes, yes. I think moving here um, to Santa Fe has proven that to me, that I can... It's nice to have people to lean on. It's nice to have people there when you need help, but you really can do a lot on your own. And me going back and forth from Santa Fe to Houston, and that's like a 14, 15 hour drive through like the middle of nowhere, Texas, because there's nothing out there but like farmland. Um, anything can happen, right? And you know, you watch a movie and like, oh shoot, you can get pushed on the side of the road and like this or that. But go, I actually turned it into a, a fun thing for myself. I actually miss it because what I would do is on that long trip, sometimes when I would go with my myself, because sometimes my partner wouldn't go with me, um, I would listen to an audiobook that I've been wanting to listen to, or I would listen to my favorite music and like kind of visualize. And I would call people and catch up with friends. Like I would kind of use it, but mostly I would just like listen to audiobooks or to podcasts or something that I had been meaning to catch up with. And I'm like, Oh, here's a perfect time for me to do it. So I enjoyed it actually. And plus it gave me a chance to like eat junk food. Right. Cause I always stopped and I'm, I'm like today I'm going to eat the most junk food I've eaten in like four or five months. So hell yeah. So that's why I love uh, the road trip and <laughs> to say what I mean, because I never know what words will be my last. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like this past year has taught me to like really think about being aware, like, cause we're so used to like living in the future or like focusing on, on a future and we don't realize that anything can happen and we can be gone tomorrow. So what I've been doing, especially in the last few months is getting really like hardcore about making sure that if I die tomorrow, you know, hypothetically, would I be proud of the work that I've done? Did I put enough out there? Did I put enough information out there to serve people for years and years to come? Did I put enough like teachings? Did I teach enough? Did I give people enough education? You know, there are people who to this day, I still go back and I read the material and they have, they've been, you know, look at, look at Isla Lucy. 
I Love Lucy, that show has existed for what you can say now generations, because I'm pretty sure there's been three generations since its inception, but I can still watch Love Lucy and I love it and I will laugh my ass off. And I think a lot of people, even younger people can watch it and can think it's hysterical. Um, definitely different time period. And it, you know, for what it is, it's hysterical. And to this day, it, it has lasted and endured more than longer than some of the shows that just came out like a few years ago that got way more attention, way more press. Like I'm like, I still am an avid watcher of I love Lucy, but I want to make sure that what I'm putting now is going to last or serve people or humanity for as long as it possibly can, because I want to be proud of the work that I did here, you know? So yeah, absolutely. That this is a chaotic opportunity. I'm spending my extra time, my profession, development as of now to move forward the future I want yes but live in the now just focus on the moment it's good to dream keep the dream but don't focus on the dreaming part focus on the work that may take you to the dream and if you focus on the work holding that dream in mind you will get somewhere with that you will definitely get somewhere with that I'm actually going to do um, a series on um vision boards or focus boards because they have served me and I've done it over and over and over and it's incredible how much I've been able to manifest in my life because of because of my focus boards so just FYI all right guys I'm running out of time here so I love you all um thanks for tuning into the show to check out other podcast episodes my free social media events and all the other cool content i put out just visit my website fernandomarone.com that's f-e-r-n-a-n-d-o-m-a-r-r-o-n.com i'd also really appreciate your help in boosting my podcast series audience just give my show an honest review on your preferred podcast app and share the show link with your social media peeps i love you all until next time